Um, we had a lot of good pre-show banter last time, so I say we jump right in. Okay. For this episode, the timeline is so convoluted. Can I please put in a formal request to avoid any attempt at a linear synopsis? Sean? <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I was like, man, I can't wait to see how you play this trying to do like a linear <laughs> telling of this. No, nah, I, 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 I mapped it all out. I, I have diagrams ready. <laughs> Don't worry. I have, a, I have a plan here. If Okay, how's this? Really, if we're talking about an interesting part and we need to get to the next interesting part, we are allowed to skip the uninteresting parts in between. I think we should talk about this on air. <laughs> I actually agree with Nick that this is interesting. All right, here we go. Adventure guys. Adventure guys. Now it's time for Adventure Guys. All right, welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I am Nick the Human, and joining us for a second week in a row. What's up? I'm Sean the Human. Hey, hey, ah. hey glad to have you back. That yeah. guy, as promised. Well, like I said, when I heard what Ep was coming up today, I was like, oh my god, I gotta, I gotta get in on this. Yeah, you both were like, that's a good one, Sean. You were like, this is, a, I have to come back for this one. So I was really excited. And I was not let down. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, if you have not seen this episode or it's been years, go watch it right it, now. It'll probably, first of all, you'll be happy you did because it's really, really funny um, and great and weird and all the things that Adventure Time is. Secondly, I think it's going to make this episode make just a whole lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, this episode rocks. And, this, I, and, you know, and this episode of this podcast, because this is, okay, sorry, Eric, to cut you off, but this is a wild episode that I can't wait to figure out how we're going to discuss. Continue. <laughs> it does rock, yes. It might be my favorite episode of Adventure Time. I was actually going to say that it's probably my favorite episode of Adventure Time. Yeah. It's it, so it's wild. It's certainly my favorite episode that we've reviewed on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. I, it ended, okay, so the first time it ended, I said, that's one of the greatest episodes of Adventure Time I've ever seen. And then we watched it a second time, back to back, and afterwards, Sean and I didn't speak, and both at the same time started applauding. <laughs> Just yep. naturally, yeah, that was very a, true. That was our that was our inclination. Sean stood up and started walking to get ready for the podcast, and I, and me and him at the same time, just instinctually were clapping. Yeah, very much so. I'd still clap for this episode. Why don't we do that now? Random Eric, want to applaud? We're applauding the episode. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Hey, wow. speaking of clapping, can I ask you real quick? Are you recording? Yes, I'm recording. Okay, we'll we'll sync later. Oh, <laughs> it's fine. Oh yeah, okay, <laughs> it's fine. Um, uh, yeah, this was great. Um, I watched it. I did watch this episode twice. Uh, I told you I stopped doing that, but I brought it back because this episode was so great. I mean, there's so much to discuss. Um, now pre-show might even it might even come in. Like the cold open or whatever the hell you call those things up top of the podcast, but uh, 
My thing is I love telling, talking about these episodes in a linear fashion because I know that a lot of our listeners aren't watching the episodes before listening to the podcast. So I want to do them a favor. You know, I, I think I, that's, yeah. that's a very nice intention, Nick, but yeah. I, I'm not entirely sure it's necessary. I know. That's, that's what you think. And I think that this, this episode is really bringing us to a breaking point of this, this tension that exists Okay, well, I I think, okay, I think this episode could be a defining episode of Adventure Guys, because this this could be the episode that really sets us apart from every other Adventure Time podcast that's out there, Uh, because, as far as I know, we are the only Adventure Time podcast that goes out of order. (laughs) I think so. I don't think anyone else is uh, attempting that. That's kind of our, our thing, right? We yeah. inject yeah. chaos into the format intentionally. We're, we're breaking context. We're breaking the structure. So I don't know that a synopsis is really necessary for our brand of podcasting. Okay. You, you, you can get that on the other, the other Adventure Time podcasts that are out there. It's true. I, just want, I want people to know what we're talking about. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Where do you land? I'm going to say that Every you want your podcast to be a you know it, it is it is a mixture of your two personalities that come together to make this awesome thing. And I would just say that you know you probably want to like help people out when we're talking about these episodes and stuff like that, you know, by giving them a little bit of a story. You know, if that's if that's Nick's vibe, that's Nick's vibe. You uh, you, you you make that happen. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And what's what's what is that the is that all your thought? <laughs> I think I had more thought, and then <laughs> and then it went. Where away. are you going with this? Um, is your point that my, that it's a melding of our two personalities? And my personalities is that I want to talk about it linearly. Eric's is that he doesn't want to talk about it linearly. So then the product of us trying to each do our own things is what makes Adventure Guys Adventure Guys. Yes, sure. Yeah, let's okay. go with that one. We're going there, yeah. Is that I don't know what you were trying to say. But. Yeah, that was where I was going. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I have a I have a theory that our listeners probably don't listen to our podcast uh as much as we're talking about adventure time as it is that we are talking about adventure time Ooh, i want to ask everyone to be sending in their emails about this time at this point (laughs) send us an email at did you see the mail at gmail.com or hit us up on twitter instagram and let us know where you land on this debate my thing is is that i would listen to this if i was my friend right and then once we would start talking about adventure time i'd be like i don't know what the fuck these guys are talking about and i would be like I- i'm lost so i want to i want to click i want to invite people to join oh right so if if you're listening to this podcast and you don't actually watch the show adventure time i I'm, i mean i guess that's that's fine and good and awesome and honestly i'm like very much on board with the chaotic neutral vibe of that whole situation mm-hmm. <laughs> but if that's the case <laughs> does it really matter if we get like between five to ten just blocked out minutes of exposition synopsis or not <laughs> i would posit that it doesn't even matter so let's just skip it let's talk about the tentpole moments in the episodes 
that are interesting. Well, okay, and so the less interesting parts between those moments we can just skip. Yeah, and I think Eric, to your point, is that uh, in this episode, try as I might to give a linear synopsis, it won't really be possible. I mean, we can't. I think we should attack Checkmate. it. <laughs> if I can, if I can just talk us in a circle about this synopsis, I'm going to try as hard as possible. Let's, let's get let's get as meta as we possibly can. Get about cyclical about it. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna do it? Well, I thought you were gonna start. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, discuss the podcast. I think we have to start over and discuss. and discuss what is this podcast. Oh, that's what you want to do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's breaking my brain I don't want to do it <laughs> alright good times anyway so you, you guys watch the Golden Globes I did not I'm not watching any of the Golden Globes right now <laughs> how are uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler doing <clears throat> they're funny they're funny that's good <clears throat> they've always been funny it's funny gals yeah for sure. I, you know, I actually have something that's pretty important to say. Um, this is completely off topic, but I, uh, March 1st is uh, Nick the Human's birthday. Oh, shit. So I need to uh, wish Nick the Human a happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Happy birthday, my dude. Another trip around the sun. <clears throat> you were born in what? Pacific time? No. East Coast time. Oh, really? Greenwich Mean Time. No, he's lying. <laughs> what? What's Greenwich Me Time? Greenwich Mean Time is London. It's oh. like the zero, it's the zero hour. Oh, it's the GMT? Yeah, the GMT <laughs> is Greenwich Mean Time. What is GMT? <laughs> sounds, like a, sounds like a lame version of GMT. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, you're I welcome. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. If you're, this is getting released on March 2nd, so uh, thank <laughs> you, everybody, for the first birthday wishes i i uh, really appreciate it although we're recording on february 28th so that only gives me 24 hours to edit this oh yeah so maybe we'll re- release <laughs> this at a later date luckily i have nothing set in stone in my schedule because i'm just a freaking bum so it's probably still gonna get released on time <laughs> wait so i have a question yeah when we talk right now are we talking on this is kind of t- related to the episode are we talking on march 2nd <laughs> or are we talking in February? I don't know. Are, I don't know. Well, I think we just established that today's February. I was talking on March 2nd, but now I'm talking on February 28th. Yeah. Oh, yeah. both. What does now mean to you? <laughs> yeah, what is now? Can you define now? <laughs> See, this is my favorite because Perismo also tried to abandon talking about what is now. <laughs> Dude, I have... Let's okay. We're we're, we're rock and roll. Let's just get right into this. Let's yeah. do it. Episode discussion. I have right. so much about this episode. There's so much going on inside me about this episode. Yeah, it's really crazy. Um, I would love to know. I mean, we'll get going, but I, I don't. I, there's there's a lot going into it. It seems like there's a lot of uh, like lore and like rules. Like a lot of this episode takes place inside of Prismo's place. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, with the cubes and stuff. The cubes, yeah, and it seems like time bends. 
Right. So the dramatic structure of the episode is sort of bifurcated, right? Like there's the treehouse parts and there's like the Prismo dimension parts. And mm-hmm. it's mostly half and half. It kind of dovetails a little bit because Finn and Jake don't switch planes at the same time. But there's there's really like two settings to like parts of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's two parts. And eventually they come together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it so the the episode starts and uh you got Finn and Jake doing um a weird ceremony. What would you they call it a dream ceremony? Is that what it is? It's like a pagan ritual. I'm all about it. Yeah, it seems to be rehearsed and yet still spontaneous, which yeah. <laughs> I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, but it's like a memorial service for Prismo. Yes. A memorial and... service, a tribute, and then also Sort of like they're trying to bring him back from the dead or something? No. No? That's That's not not part of it at all. They're just trying to honor his memory. They're trying to honor his memory through the pickles. Right. Because he left them a jar of pickles. It's the last last pickle. It's the last of Prismo's pickles. Oh, yeah. And they want to... And it seems like they want to... Finn says this later in the show, but they want to preserve Prismo in their dreams. So they're doing this ritual and then going to go to bed immediately so that he can just... Be inside their dreams forever? Is that the goal? Yeah, because because Prismo is a a dream. He's a dream master. He well, he is a dream personified. That's true. He's the yeah, he's the dream of the old man. Have um I know we talked about Neil Gaiman a few episodes ago. Uh and I know you're not a comics guy, Nick, but Sean, are you into comics at all? Have have you read no. The Sandman? No, I'm not. The Sandman is a. I happen to be reading through it right now uh, okay. because I want to watch the Neil Gaiman masterclass at some point. Um, but the Sandman is like a really great parallel in pop culture to the concept of Prismo because hmm. it's about the dream plane and like a portion of reality that exists in people's dreams and like the so- the the Sandman is like the superhero character that controls dreams. Um, okay, so this is a great. I wanted to ask more about Prismo, and I love Prismo. I've seen episodes with him. I get his general vibe and what what he does, but I don't know the specifics about how he exists. So, in order to see Prismo, or like whenever Jake's hanging out with Prismo, does Jake have to be asleep and in dream the dream plane? To talk? no, okay. okay. So, uh, we watched Escape from the Citadel, the episode mm-hmm. with uh, Finn's dad. Yep. Um. That was that was like the season six premiere, is that mm-hmm. right? I think because so. the yes, the season five finale ended with the Lich killing Prismo. Mm-hmm. That was like the crime that got the Citadel guards to to take oh, the and, Lich and the that's, intergalactic and that's the Lich gets put inside that casing. Finn and Jake jump on top of the casing and go with him. And then season six, Escape from the Citadel, they're like in the Citadel, the jail, and and that's where the dad is. And then we see that whole episode. Got it. Right. Yeah. So so the Lich killed Prismo, uh, but he did so by killing an old man that was sleeping because Prismo is the old man's dream. Mm-hmm. And it's like a really cool concept and it wraps... It, kind of closes off that storyline by the time we get to the end of this episode. It's yeah. still, there's there's still like some fan theories about how 
you know, what that means. But we do get back to that finally. And this is the 19th episode of the sixth season. Um, so it had kind of been hanging for 19 episodes that Prismo was just dead, which yeah. was unfortunate because he was such a rad character. And I'm really glad they found a way to bring him back. And I was I was wondering that, too. I was like. I was wondering if they were like, okay, we really need to figure out how to bring Prismo back. Like, let's write an episode where we bring him back and let's bring him back in Prismo style and make it really crazy. Um, yeah. So he is tied to dreams. That's like his whole thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he's buddies with the Cosmic Owl who oh, yeah. hangs out in dreams also. Um, so I, that's part of their their ritual ceremony to honor him. It's like they do their little dance and, and then they have to go to bed immediately. Which is cute. Yes. And they go, they go immediately. Um, f- Jake is holding the empty jar of pickle juice. They go to bed and they wake up and Jake is gone. Finn looks at his hand. His hand has a th- like a, is there something in his hand? Like a thorn? Is it from his arm? Yeah. Um, it has to do with the grass sword curse that was put on him. Mm-hmm. There's an earlier episode in season six that's really good uh, called Breezy that sets this up. I forget all the details and inner workings of how that shakes out. Um, But, you know, Finn's arm gets torn off and then it grows back because it's cursed with that grass sword spell. Yeah. Um, And that thorn in there is like a remnant of that. I forget how it all connects, but Mm -hmm. that's the context there. Yeah. So Jake's gone, but he's outside and he's air digging, like, like miming, shoveling the ground for everything burrito that's that's uh, buried there. Which what is everything burrito? So this so part it's a is past great. episode. It, this is an incredible. This is an incredible sequence. Yeah, this is like here. a little greatest hits compilation. Yeah. I love it because like we don't really know what's going on in terms of the plot of this episode yet. Like we don't know how Prismo like factors into this whole thing. Uh, but we get this really enjoyable sequence of just Jake reliving out the best moments of his character. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like that, that greatest hits thing that you see in TV all the time, but done in a completely creative and almost jarring way, you know, like late in a TV show when you do a greatest hits and it's like, Oh, highlight real time. But instead it's just Jake air miming, random stuff and just talking into oblivion basically that's yeah and he and he talks well so this is what happens so he talks and he's doing his greatest hits and finn goes up and goes like hey man like what's going on and then he explodes like he expands into a cloud and then explodes and then he's somewhere else like around the treehouse and he starts up a new greatest hits and every time Finn tries to talk to him or ask what's happening, he's expanding into this huge, what would you say, like a cloud fog type thing, and then combusts. And it's, like, really crazy. Um, there's, like, Jake dust all over the air. It even gets in Finn's mouth. and So that happens a couple times. And then you hear him making bacon pancakes. Uh, classic. Classic. So he ascends the... Making pancakes, making bacon pancakes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they go up there, and he talks to him, and it's... It's just confusing. I think, doesn't that scene just end after bacon pancakes and you're like, I don't know what I just watched. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we we cut to Jake in the Prismo dimension at that yeah. point to like show the audience like, this isn't real Jake that's doing these weird 
things and exploding all over Finn. Like the real Jake got transported somewhere else. And yeah, then we sort of see like, it's still confusing. There's still not a lot of, you know, no. reality to, to anchor what's happening. But it's real but Jake. That, it's, it's real yeah. Jake. He's not quoting anything. It's like the guy we know acting rationally. And, uh, in Prismo's thing, we see we see Prismo sort, or we can hear him. He's talking about he can't wait to give pickles to Jake, and Jake starts going after him, being like, "Wait, I thought you died, right?" He's like, yeah. "What's going on?" And he he starts seeing some flashbacks of things that happened with him and Prismo. So like we've get like this parallel structure now that yeah. Jake is sort of reliving memories in the Prismo dimension, and then he's doing like these weird, almost like mindless robotic reliving of memories at back at the treehouse. Yeah. It's like a phantom of Jake is at the treehouse, Like just sort of like specters of him are just like redoing memories. And, and it's interesting in the Prismo dimension. Now he goes and he sees Eric, you were talking about the season five finale with the Lich killing the old man and getting Prismo and all that. And we see that happen. Like Jake, like sees the whole memory. So it starts to seem like different parts of Perismo's dimension plane palace. This it's like a, it's like a huge like castle made out of cubes. I would almost describe it as, and it seems like depending on where you are inside this palace, you are experiencing a different like timeline or plane of time. Yeah. It doesn't seem to operate. Uh, by the rules of time that we know and experience. Yeah. Yes. Is that how you ex- you would explain it, Sean? Like, yeah, I was going to say, that's why I made the joke earlier of like, it all felt cyclical because it was like, as someone is walking around the hallway, you know, you're going to see them walking around the hallway again. Like that moment is repeating itself like over and over and over again. Because, right. because that hallway is like almost like a chunk of time. And everything inside that hallway is basically a loop of that chunk of time happening over and over again until one person of that time might step out and create a new timeline. And now there's an alternate reality. And that's kind of where we go with that. Right. Well, I have have some theories about what's going on in this Prismo dimension. Let's hear it. I would I would love to I mean I think I think after that point we go back to Finn and in in the treehouse and Finn kind of puts together what what we were saying that oh this is a weird version of Jake that's just reliving memories and every time that I prove the memory wrong he explodes so he goes like maybe the next time like when they do Prismo's uh ceremony dream ceremony he'll just play along and see if he can get it to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. If as long as he doesn't interrupt those memories replaying, then they'll act out like they're supposed to, uh, right. which is how Finn figures out how to get into the Prisma dimension after Jake. Right. Um, now, I would assume that after Finn does that, there's a version of Phantom well, Finn doing the same thing back at the treehouse. Yes, and I want to just say one thing real quick. So they redo the thing. But they go start going to sleep, the Prismo's pickle juice starts glowing. Jake gets sucked into it, and then that's when Finn's like, "Oh, I see what happened," and then he jumps in after it. Now, right, what you're saying now that would leave a phantom 
Jake and a phantom Finn, just sort of maybe just acting it out together. I hear you. I have another question I want to ask too, is that did Perismos do Perismos pickles hold some sort of power that opened the portal to the dream world? Well, here's, here's how I think it shakes out. Okay. Prismo basically wrote a program like a, like a computer program or something into his pickles. And I don't know how he does it. This is, this is like the, uh, suspension of disbelief portion of watching cartoons and sure. reading mm-hmm. comics. But it could be like a drug. It could be a chemical compound. It could be something. Right. Well, we don't really know how a being like Prismo sort of interacts with existence and the laws right, of physics. Right, 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 it's right, beyond right. our comprehension as corporeal humans. So we just have to suspend disbelief and, yeah. and, and just allow Prismo to be able to write some sort of reality program into his pickles. So... <laughs> What I, what I think happens is that he has his pickles programmed to open a portal to a fixed moment in that Prismo dimension. And it winds up creating a time loop because I think what's, what's going to happen back at the treehouse, uh, that this extra Finn and Jake are just going to keep doing this loop and keep sending versions of them back to that fixed point from the, the pickle portal. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would, I would call the, these, uh, these extra fin, fins and Jake's at the treehouse uh, simulacra. Simulacra. Okay. Wow. Right. They're like copies that sort of, they're, they're like stand-ins for the real Finn and Jake, but just by them existing as copies in that dimension, like they sort of make themselves real. Yeah. I mean, are they simulacras or I guess my question is because Perismo refers to at least in the Perismo world or the Perismo dimension, um, like an alternate reality version of Finn and Jake, right? Because like later on, Prismo's like, oh, in order for me to come back, like an alternate reality Jake just has to sleep forever. Yeah. So this this is where like the concept of what's causing the time loop starts to create issues. Like we don't really know what it is. Like it could be that the Prismo dimension or this portion of that little cubic palace or whatever just runs on a loop. But then that would mean that there would always be a Finn and Jake to keep showing up and, and waking up Jake and it would just yeah. restart yeah. over and over again. So I think the theory that I'm more comfortable with is that the loop is actually occurring on the regular reality plane with these simulacra Finns and Jakes. Mm-hmm. And if they had been allowed to keep going they would send a new version of themselves to that fixed point over and over again. But it only takes two iterations to carry out Prismo's plan B. Right. Yeah. So then maybe what he coded into the pickle was inside of that coding would only allow two to get through. He could. He could have. Yeah. yeah it's maybe. not ever really revealed how the three of them get back to their regular timeline. Yeah. 
No, so, that's true. But I guess Prismo, if he had the power to to bring them into a timeline easily, then maybe he has the power to just put them back, you know? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. There's there's a lot of open-endedness to this. Yeah. It seems to me like at the end, it's like, all right, Prismo's back. Jake turned into the old man. Prismo has full powers again. And, you know, at that point, I would just say it's just like, all right, well. Yeah. And I, we're back. We're back. And I would say even is about this episode in great Adventure Time fashion. And what I think good time travel stories do is that time travel is the device to tell the story it is not specifically about the time travel right like it's about getting prismo back which is jake's buddy i think there's even a really great quote later in the episode where finn goes on this like weird rant where he's like look i'm down to help my friends even though you're more of jake's friend than my friend you know sometimes you're cool with people and you just never become best buds i don't know why that happens but I'm here to help you, man. And and I feel like that was really the heart of this, which was like, <laughs> yeah. we're getting you back, Prismo. This is all fucked and confusing. I'm sorry, but... Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that movie Looper, uh, Ryan Johnson, written and directed? No. With, um, Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Oh, yeah. I remember it existing. <laughs> it was like 2012 <laughs> it came out, I think. Um, really cool movie. Uh, time travel movie you love time about, travel i love you know me i'm a time travel guy <laughs> but uh <laughs> um that movie in particular dealt with like the paradox of a loop uh and there's this scene where you know old bruce willis is talking to young bruce willis who's joseph gordon levitt trying to explain the mechanics of what's going on with the time travel and it it goes for like maybe 20 seconds and then old Bruce Willis is just like, you know, don't worry about it. If you think too hard about it, it's all going to come undone. So don't even bother. <laughs> yeah. Which is basically just like, that's not important for the purpose of telling this story. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. audience, just like relax. Don't worry about that part because it doesn't have anything to do with the drama. It doesn't have anything to do with the narrative. Just like, let this ride a little bit because there's more interesting things to focus on. Right. And yeah, that sure. that was the moment in there uh, where Finn is uh, asking like, what is even now to you? And Prismo sort of shrugs it off because there's so much more emotional core to this episode to get to. And if we get hung up on the time travel, it will just miss all that. Yeah. And that's kind of how a lot of these time travel things go. Yeah. So, I mean, once Finn gets into the plane, now he's in the timeline of Jake being in Prismo's palace and Prismo once Finn's in there and, and walking around, grabs him and brings him into a, yet a different timeline and starts to explain to him, hey, if I'm here means that I got, I got got, like I'm dead. But I set up a plan B before that happened, which is right now, and that is to get you to um, help me reexist by basically living in Jake's dreams for forever. Yeah. Yeah. And then he gets him into this other place and then they start. And I think that is when Finn is like, wait, so are you talking? You you presumably were talking to nobody or are you talking to me? Prisma's like, well, I was talking to nobody, but now I'm talking to you. And he's like, is that now? Wait, so you were then, but what are you doing now? What is now to you? And that's when Prisma's like, 
hey, hurry up. I just need your help. <laughs> yeah. And that's the best. <laughs> that's the best part. Um, that's the best part. And, and, and I got to just say at this point, which we've brought before, but Kumail Nanjiani as Prismo, you know, if anybody else voiced him, this episode would be so much less fun. Yeah, for real. Because <laughs> it's just his whole attitude and his voice acting and how casual he is. Right, Sean, that's what you always talk about with Prismo. Well, that's my favorite thing with Prismo is that I believe for me it is the opposite of what you would imagine a character that is a quote-unquote dream master or dream lord would be. You'd think of this demonic or low voice, this like godlike character. Like Gandalf or something? Gandalf, either like a wizard or like an echoey, crazy voice that's like, hello, I am Parismo or whatever. And that's what you would normally expect. Yeah. And instead it's like, hey guys, I'm Parismo. <laughs> you guys need some cheese crackers or anything like that? Oh, I'll give you some more cheesy crackers, Jake. Don't you worry. It's Prismo's place. Yeah. This party's great. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like being like the head on the Power Rangers that's like looking over all of them. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's what, or that's Oz. what I'm getting after. Yeah, Oz, yeah. yeah. That's what you would expect Prismo to be. He's the exact opposite of that. And that's the best part. Yeah. I, I really do wonder how the character of Prismo was conceived and who's brainchild it was and I, I know that this is a full jesse moynihan episode full uh, on and he does a lot of prisma stuff but i i wonder how that character came into existence because like when you consider like you know the, the only other real like pop culture reference i can think of in terms of a dream lord like that is neil gaiman's the sandman and it's nothing like that uh in, ter- in terms of the character. Yeah. And I, I yeah. wonder what their influences were. Um, I, I really tried to find what Jesse Moynihan's influences were in writing this episode. Um, and he has written about it a little on his website. Uh, I was trying to research some stuff and you, you know, I'm a big Jesse Moynihan fan. Yeah. Uh, but his website is <laughs> a little disorganized. It's like built on, like a 2009 model of like RSS blogs on websites. And it's like kind of hard to navigate older material. Right. Well, <laughs> that, like, that, would, that would have been top of the line back then. But yeah. 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 I, I'm like digging through old blog posts and I, you know, there's, there's a little bit that he, he wrote about doing this episode. It was, I think the second episode that he did all by himself. And he said it was really where uh, he found a turning point in his writing Mm-hmm. And where he was able to like sort of break down some of the uh, mental walls that he had had before. Um, and when I think about season six, there's there's a lot of Jesse Moynihan episodes in there. It's a lot of great episodes. Um, we were looking at season six and I was like, oh, man, these are so many of my favorite episodes that I've seen are in season six. You know, I, the way season six factors into the whole series. To me, it seems like if this show hadn't gotten wildly popular to go into 10 seasons. Like the things that happened in season six would have been like where the original plan would, would have ended mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, like the, yeah. the through lines with like the, the, uh, the comet and everything. Um, it seems like a lot of, a lot of important storylines sort of went up through season six. Uh, 
And then season seven, eight, nine, ten, you get a lot of like extra character development side quest kind of stuff too. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, yeah. Which they did masterfully. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I hear you know, the the lich ends at the beginning of season six, and mm-hmm. then they sort of and Finn's dad, and there's yeah, yeah. They, they tie up a lot of things. It seems like season six would have been like the ending of whatever story that was conceived initially. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that actually, you know, went down. Um, and it's not like it was ever in danger of being canceled around season six. So obviously they knew they were going to be able to keep going, but uh, it seems like a lot of important things happened in season six. And I, I don't know if I really remembered it that way after, after an, an initial viewing, but after we have reviewed a lot of these episodes in season six, uh-huh. it's sort of reframed my view a little bit. Yeah. It seems like a lot of important things happen. I think you're right. But you get a lot of important things and then you also get really amazing episodes like Everything is Jake. Yeah. Where it's just the was whole that the Jake right world. This? It's the episode right before yeah. this. And after it's Jake is a brick. Yeah, Jake is a yeah. brick is right after yeah. it. Awesome side episodes. Um, like the lore isn't deep on those episodes, but they're just fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic standalones. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's cool and... I got to say, too, I'd be curious to know about the, the formation of Prisma, too. I mean, just watching this show, too, after we've been watching a bunch of other stuff, like, you're just struck with how deep of imaginative thought goes into this show, especially on an episode like this. And it just, I, it really, like, when you say, Eric, about how fantastic this show is and cartoons can be, it's like, it just hits me again. I, I don't know. I just feel like so many people with different types of art or the way they even want to think about reality. Like people don't want to think about alternate timelines and these different things that, you know what I mean? Like people usually go like you get to that brink and people shut down and don't want to talk about, but I love that this show finds ways to talk about these concepts in such fun and engaging ways. And in this episode, too to bring it back is i know we said that we don't get hung up on the specifics of time travel but they do put in a bunch of specifics that make it just confusing enough that keeps it quite engaging mysterious and confounding but it's but in a completely entertaining way not in a frustrating way which is kind of a magic trick on its own right yeah things move by so quickly once we get to that second half of the episode it's just like all these like different iterations, like walking by each other and the loops start folding in and it happens so quickly. You don't really have enough time to think about why and if this really lines up correctly and all this. And that's what, that's why I watch it a second time. I watch it uh, on my second viewing to like watch a, like you get a shot of something happening and then immediately the next shot is like confusing. So I I would pause it and like, just take a, a minute, like think about like, Okay, so Finn walked past other Finn. That mean like I would try and like get all the mechanics straightened out in my head, shot by shot, while moving through that that scenario. Which is um, like which is hard. Yeah, there there's there's one unreconcilable detail that that I was left with. Oh, what was it? I call it the three Prismo problem. Okay. <laughs> oh. Ooh. It seems like there are three Prismos. Okay. And we know what happens to two of them, but I don't know what happens to the third one. So So there the okay, so there's one Prismo is 
in the Jake sleeping Prismo. There's then there's the second Prismo is administering plan B from the past. Then there's a third Prismo that walks by them at one point and they pickles and they hide from him. He's like the intermediary Prismo. So there are two Finns and two Jakes. Yeah. Yeah. And the interesting thing is whether or not the second Finn and second Jake are real or like how, how grounded in like living their entire lives are those iterations or are they just more similar? Well, well, I, I think that they are actual alternate dimension Finn and Jake's because there's the one part where Prin- Prismo is like, yeah, like we're going to have to send a Jake to just sleep here for all of time, basically. From another another timeline, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it depends on how you want to think about these timelines. Like you, you can uh, create new timelines splitting off from one event, right. which would be the the looping program uh, that's happening back in the in the treehouse, for example. Okay. So, so you, so I mean, these could be like just totally complete real Finns and Jakes, which is tragic that they yeah. sacrifice themselves. Uh, and actually, unknowingly, I have I have something to say about this. Don't we see way later in the show, way 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 later in the show, that Finn that Finn sword he got, that's made of 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 a Finn, like way later in the show, isn't like that sword broken and that Finn comes out and hates our timeline Finn for entrapping him inside a sword for so long. Yeah, it becomes Fern. And it becomes Fern. So that yeah. is a <clears throat> different Finn that is conscious of the fact that he's trapped in a sword. Right, or it could be a brand new Finn that was just brought into existence at that moment. Oh, I see. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And like and and, and so while that new Finn has a lifetime's worth of memories mm-hmm. of everything exactly the same as, you know, primary timeline Finn. Right. He might still only be like a couple minutes old by the time he gets but, put, tra- turned into the sword. How would he have been made just for that moment? By Prismo? By the timeline branching off. Right, right. Okay. But when you say he was just made, he was just separated into being oh, a different no, but- entity, but he has all of the same memories because he existed as a part of the same time yeah. before they split off. Right. So the new timeline was the alternate timeline Jake or the ultimate timeline Finn were only created once they were inside of Prismo's palace. And that's a that's a possibility, yeah. And we're and that makes it far less tragic in that Prismo basically didn't sacrifice any Finn and Jake from any reality. He only sacrificed them in the alternate timeline that exists within his palace. That way, the implications in the real world are not really messed with. Yes, but he did create two new beings, if this is possible. (laughs) He did essentially create two new beings that were fully equipped with all of the memories and experiences of the normal Finn and Jake to then sacrifice the lives of these new two yeah. beings and they were just for this cause right, and they would have been just as alive as the regular Finn and Jake yeah yeah which so is why Fern conflict, comes a it's, conflict it's a huge comes thing. out of that 
yeah, yeah. massive conflict comes out of that. So going back to the number of prismos. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, sorry. We, we have we have the original past timeline prismo that is guiding the first version of Finn. Then we have the looped version of prismo that is guiding the second version of Finn. And then we have the new current timeline prismo that is coming out of second jake's dream correct now we assume that the original primary past prismo goes back and lives out the rest of his life until he's killed by the lich. yes yes and we assume that the third prismo coming out of jake's jake number two's dream uh-huh. lives on for the rest of eternity as the current prismo but what happened to the intermediary prismo that's that's my question. I don't know. Well, I just think that I I I don't know. My whole thing with this like dimension that they're in is that it in itself is a time loop. Like who is to say that like a third and fourth Finn wouldn't have walked down that hall living that thing over and over and over again. You know what I mean? It could like be. Once, once That's the, not a theory that I subscribe to. Okay. Yeah, but because because theoretically, once Finn entered that timeline from p- jumping through the portal through Prismos Pickle, now that timeline exists, and it seems like once the timeline exists there, it's just looping for eternity. That's kind of how I took it. I'm not... See, this is the thing. I guess we can't really know for sure what that portion of the prisma dimension really is where right. it exists what its relation to time is um i would guess and this this is kind of comedic but since the <clears throat> original prismo from the past is able to interact uh from the get-go that they that this whole portion of of, of the episode exists in the past Mm-hmm. That the original past Prismo didn't have to go anywhere to get to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, in which case, the new Prismo that comes out of Jake's sleeping body has to wait around for 19 episodes to hang out until past Prismo dies. Yeah. Yeah, because he, has to, he can't, because he can't get, because if he got, he could theoretically end up getting killed by the lich if the lich found him or whatever. Like you know what I mean like if he went into the wrong timeline. So he kind of has to wait for it to live itself out and then yeah. yeah, so he's probably just hanging out there bored. And <laughs> and like for all of that period of time through season 5, there are two prismos. One's getting killed by the lich and one's just hanging out in this <laughs> dungeon. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for plan B to get fully carried out. Wow. Wow. This is big. Now, now the 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 big uh, fan theory question is that Jake's appearance at the end of the episode turns into the old man. Yes. Yep. Uh, it's not known how superficial that is, or how literal it is. Uh, it could be that anyone who dreams of Prismo just looks like that, or it could be that Prismo was always Jake's dream. 
Yes, and and whoa to to get what? to that fact. <laughs> well, to get to that, as Jake is contemplating everything that he's seeing in Prismo's palace, he even says at some point um, to himself, "Man, what if the whole world is just some goof's dream?" Remember, he's, so I think I think what that is is a reference to a specific fan theory uh-huh. that Adventure Time is all taking place in Finn's dream as he's in a coma in a in a modern society hospital. Got it. That was a very popular fan theory, and the, the writers all hated it. So I think that was their uh, opportunity to acknowledge that it was a stupid fan theory. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, what if he turns into looking like the old man? Maybe, maybe he is. You know, maybe, maybe what we're seeing is just like a wildly sped up, just like version of watching Jake age as he sleeps in that bed. You know what I mean? Until he just becomes the old man. I don't know if I buy that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Because then it would just be happenstance that he winds up looking like the old man that we already saw was dreaming of Prisma. Unless it's just, that's just the reveal that Jake is the old man. I kind of took it as anyone who dreams of Prismo is just going to be turned into an old man. That's what it seemed like to me. Okay. Uh, but, okay. But, but, I mean, look. But the no... question has been dodged every yeah. time it's been asked to gotcha. anyone who worked on the show. Well, I think it's kind of fun to, to leave the mystery. And and to make it clear to everybody, so basically what they establish is two Finns, two Jakes. They One Finn it is, uh, becomes the Finn sword once he's converted by Finn 2. Jake 1 is going to sleep for all of eternity so that Prismo can exist. Like he'll be basically Prismo's host. And then Finn 2 and Jake 2 presumably just go back to the normal world and live out no. there. No? Those those numbers are mixed up. Oh, okay. Sorry. <clears throat> the, Finn, the Finn and Jake that go back to the normal world were the first Finn and Jake to get to the Prismo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would have been oh, Finn. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Finn and Jake 1. The, the Finn, and Jake, uh, Finn and Jake 2... Finn 2 becomes a sword. Jake 2 sleeps forever hosting Prismo. Got it. Yes, yeah. that makes sense. God, this is confusing. Wait, but wouldn't yeah. the third, wouldn't it just be that the second Jake that sleeps forever is basically creating the third Prismo? Isn't that how there becomes three Prismos? Oh. The intermediary Prismo that was already there? Oh, well, No. No, I think the intermediary Prismo only exists as a means of guiding the second fin because there needed to be two fins so that the fin sword could happen. But the point was that, you know, the whole point was to manifest a new Prismo. Right? Like, wasn't the whole point like the manifestation of a new dream master, which is how there became a third one? Yes. Yeah. But I don't know what happened to the second Prismo. Oh, I know. Where did he go? Did he maybe know. he rejoined with Prismo one? Maybe he maybe. has that ability. We don't know. We don't know how he interacts with time. I mean he can make cheesy crackers whenever he wants. So like <laughs> he's a madman. Yeah, you the know way what I'm the way Prismo works is really kind of vague and I think that so that way a lot of things are possible. 
I like it. I, I I like it that way. I want my Parisma to do whatever I want him to do. Yeah, he's sort of a god. That's right? my ideal Parisma. <laughs> yeah. So there there's some connection to the concept of memories that's also at work in this episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure how it wraps everything all together, but it seems like you know Jake is is walking through the Prisma dimension seeing memories and then he's doing his whole loop in the, uh, in the treehouse. And whenever those memories get interrupted in the treehouse, he explodes. It like it breaks. So I think that like I had like crazy grad school flashbacks of like semiotics shit like with this, (laughs) like when, when the, uh, when the simulacra break, because they no longer represent the thing they're supposed to be copying, that's when they cease to exist. Yeah. But as long as they as long as they are accurate of what they're supposed to be signifying, they be they then become hyper real. In effect, becoming the real truth of the, what what it is. And that's when you get into some danger. <laughs> Gotcha. Where do simulacras come from? It's like, I don't know. There's so many different ways to think about it. It's like pretty popular postmodern kind of uh-huh. philosophy. Yeah, I, I, and I've seen it used in different contexts before. I, I was just curious if you, if that was part of the grad school or comic book training. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to read comic training. book shit yeah. about that. I know. Um I, I do want to also just say there were a couple of great moments from the episode that we didn't touch on. Um, one of which was we get as Jake is walking through Prismo's palace in this, the purple part, which seems to be a new part. He's seeing memories. One of which is Prismo and Jake hanging out in a hot tub and Prismo's giving Jake a sandwich. And he's like, dude, I, I just have Prismo's like, dude, I have to get out of relationships. Like, once like we have this conversation every night about what's for dinner, I just I gotta go. Yeah, that's, that's my a, favorite. That's a very memeable conversation. I see that online a lot. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. And then and then Jake's like, Oh, those guys and their girl problems. And it just I guess I think that this happens later, but I was just like, How is Prismo dating anybody? Because he's like <laughs> it doesn't seem possible. Unless there's other dream masters. Oh yeah. You know, Prismo has a boss. He references his boss at some point in the series, but we never find out who that is. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh man. It's like this this whole tier of characters that exists in Adventure Time is yeah. so interesting and I know it's intentional, but we don't get nearly enough information about them. I know and and yeah. And it's it, this is like to me Eric, what you've talked about in the show, which is the show starts and you think it's about Finn and Jake, and by the time the show's over, you realize they were two minor characters in this insane, like, thing, um, like, world and everything. Um, and I feel like it's really cool. It's like you're, they're really exploring that with characters like Prismo, but the way they introduce Prismo and the way he interacts with everyone is that he's just... Jake's buddy that he's talking about girlfriends with in the hot tub. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 really great in that way. Um, and I f- I kind of forget how he he first shows up in this show. Parismo. 
Yeah, it's it's when they the Enchiridion gets unlocked. They follow the Lich through the portal, and they wind up in Prisma's place. Yeah, I think that's I think, how it goes. I think it's just kind of random happenstance that like Prisma's hanging out when they get there. No, but I believe just, isn't it something like the the Lich is trying to go to Prismo to make a wish. Oh, that's and then, right. And Prismo then they wishes. Yeah, and then they follow Parismo. They follow the Lich to Parismo, where it is like realized that Parismo's cube in the center of the universe is this neutral place. Yeah. Where everyone who is in Parismo's cube is required to be neutral. Neutral. And everyone's chill. So then they go in there and everyone's just hanging out and being buddies with each other, right? Yeah. And then it's it's like a cocktail party and like the Lich is just like Hanging out with Jake. Oh, well, the Lich is just standing there because he has no purpose other than pure evil. Oh, yeah, 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 you're so right. He can't, so, if, so if they have to be neutral, he can't do anything. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why when he ends up killing the old man, it is a crime. It is, a, it is an intergalactic crime, and then the intergalactic p- uh, police take him to the Citadel. Because yeah, he, like, yeah. breaks the rules of, of Parismo's little cube. Right, and that's when Finn makes some wish that sends him into an alternate timeline, and all that, yeah. all that alternate reality biz starts. And because he's a dream, because he's a dream, Parismo's a dream master. Like one side of his cube always like looks like this projector screen that's showing memories and like possible outcomes and all of that stuff. <sighs> but just the juxtaposition of that guy with. Kumail Nanjiani yeah. <laughs> enjoying cheesy crackers and being burdened by girlfriends is great. Um, <laughs> um, I also want to bring up another memory that's um, way more tactile. Um, that would be that Jake seems to be really into beds. Like he's like a bed nerd. Like he gets there and he immediately knows like the materials of the bed, how it's constructed, how rare it is, the thread count. The outlawed, I forget what is it, mink or ostrich or something that Griffin. Is, oh, down. Griffin, yeah, Griffin down, and he's like, he's just like drooling over it. And I was like, he's such a bed nerd, but he sleeps in a drawer. He's a dog. He's a connoisseur of napping. Yeah, I guess. But I was like, if you're really that much of a nerd about beds, like, how has he not? Why does he sleep in a drawer? His dogs sleep in drawers. Okay. So you're saying you can he can appreciate and know a lot about beds, but maybe his bed isn't so great. I just felt like on their adventures he would have copped a really nice bed. I bet I bet Jake could have a very detailed review of his drawer back in the treehouse that is just as oh. impressive as everything he says about Prismo's special dream bed. Yeah. Nirvana bed, I think he calls it. <laughs> right. Well, he could say it's like, well, this, yeah, like the, the drawer. Well, actually, it's better to sleep on wood because yada yada, yeah, and it's <laughs> contoured specifically to my body. Yeah. Okay, I I buy that. <laughs> hey, uh, did you guys see the snail? Yes, I saw the snail. Sean, did you see the snail? For the second week in a row, I think that I maybe saw the snail. I'm the worst at this. Nick, did you see the snail? I did see the snail. Whoa. 
Now, Sean, where, where yeah. did you think yeah. you saw it? I think I saw the snail inside of Perismo's cube when. Nope. nope. No. No. I did not see the snail. All right, I failed. <laughs> it was like the flashback of seeing the lich, um, like kill nope. the old man, and like on the ground, it was there like the snail like red fell solo over. cups. What? That were there were red solo cups spilled over on the ground. That's yeah. what they were. Okay. Well, I did not see the snail. I lose. Dang it. Well, I'll tell you. Do I, should we tell him where it was? Please. It was in the, it was in the tree house. Yeah, it was in the tree house. It was when Finn was acting out the reenactment of the, uh, the the ceremony, and then they run up to bed, and when Finn is like front flipping into his bed and, and Jake's going into the drawer, you see the snail is like on a thing behind uh, the bed. But it's really quick. It's a really fast one, right, Eric? It is quick, and there's a lot of action of Finn diving off the bed to be distracting. This is a this is a Harvey brother role reversal because <laughs> this is the first time I've ever not seen this now. I know, like whenever we watch these episodes, I can't believe I I couldn't believe when I saw this snail. Honestly, I was like, this isn't like me. This is a hard one. And yeah, I just well, I hate out. to rub it in, Sean, but the adventure guys saw the snail, so let's play that victory oh, theme song, man. baby. <laughs> I didn't know if Sean was going to have to submit a, a song for us. No, I'm a guest. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Is it time for Miscellaneous Mania? Eric, sounds like you you really did some uh, deep diving and researching. Yeah, I tried to find as much as I could from the source directly uh, from Jesse Moynihan. Um, you know, this is definitely a Jesse Moynihan episode, and I'm I'm really learning to recognize all the hallmarks of that. It seems to me that all of the episodes like share like a very high level of quality. But you can you can sort of zero in on 
the things that really make like a Rebecca Sugar episode and the things that really make a Jesse Moynihan episode. And for me, it's like Rebecca Sugar just like nails some emotional things, just like so much harder than I was expecting. And then Jesse Moynihan always nails these like high conceptual things, like more than I was prepared to think about. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's nice to get those two sort of branches off of like, like the main uh, level of, of just consistency and quality every now and then. But like those two storyboarders seem to jump out at me. Yeah. It, it, and when, when you say that, it really makes me think like, remember you were talking about how they amassed like the people who were going to work on this show and the different writers and the different artists and all that. And it seems like they just got a whole bunch of really interesting people. And then like when episodes like this happens, I'm like, this shows truly good leadership in that they picked creative, interesting people and then let them go. And we're like, go, keep going, keep pushing, keep going. And then you end up with products like this, which are so wild. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen like that chart of everyone's drawing of Jake? And there's like 12 different storyboarders. And no. you don't realize how different they all draw the same character. Whoa, where is that? We got to uh, like post that on Instagram or something. That's really interesting. Yeah, it is cool to look at and and see like they draw the eyes just a little bit differently or the mouth just slightly different like in relation to like the jowl that hangs over or like the body shape or whatever. Um, and I I noticed something about this episode uh, that I haven't seen noted anywhere specifically like as a piece of trivia or anything. But when they're doing the like Jake greatest hits moments mm -hmm. like towards the beginning, it seems to me that the character style of Jake changes from scene to scene. And I didn't go back and verify this, but I think that Jesse is specifically drawing Jake differently than how he normally draws him to match the original storyboard artist that he's doing the scene as a, as a greatest hits of. Wow. You have a keen eye. That is cool. I, that sounds totally like what they would have done. Oh, totally plausible. Yeah. I, I kind of want to go and verify it myself, but I, I also know it's like <laughs> going to take a lot of time searching and hunting, and I'm just content to to believe yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. accurate. <laughs> Seems accurate. But like you were saying, you know, even just on the Wikipedia when I was reading it, it like, what did Jesse, I don't know if you found his blog, but he was saying that like writing this started to wear down his quote mental defenses which resulted in some of his best and weirdest writing yeah did you see that like did that's you awesome what, did you uh, yeah and especially in the latter half of the sixth season did you find anything uh really cool on his website or blog about this one um it was mostly him talking about that where it's sort of yeah it was uh kind of the creative breakthrough for him i guess um but it's a lot of people asking questions on his blog that he's like being coy about and not really giving definitive answers for. Cause, cause he, I think when he wrote all this was, it was right when the episode came out. So that was like in what, 2014. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So he didn't want to like commit to like making a, uh, an answer to anything that might be constraining to the writers down the road. Yeah. Like there's some things that he wanted to leave open just in case they wanted to revisit them a few seasons later. Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, there's not a whole lot of like answers to be gleaned from from his blog or anything, but uh, it is just interesting hearing him talk about his process and, and everything. Yeah, I mean, guy seems pretty one of a kind. Yeah, the, his website is so expansive, and I'm like, I'm you know, I'm reading through his comic forming, which is like, <laughs> it's so confounding because it's it's like simultaneously dense and casual. It, like it's so complicated. Like the plot is is all over the place and connected in such weird directions, and yet it's very uh, readable. Like panel to panel, like the characters are just very informal and kind of normal seeming, even though it's a, a very out there sci fi narrative. Gotta say, you know what that sounds a lot like? Prismo. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want. I gotta. Yeah, I'm gonna start reading it too. Yeah, I mean, this episode was connected to a couple other episodes that uh, we mentioned. Breezy was an episode earlier in season six that I think Finn gets an like a premonition of the Finn sword, so it was foreshadowed. Oh. Gotcha. I kind of forget everything that happens in that episode. I know he's hanging out with a, a bee. It looks like the bee from the um, end credits animation. Oh, interesting. And the bee in that episode is voiced by Ashley Birch, who does Enid on OKKO. Mm. That's all I remember from that episode, but I think it's an important one Yeah. narratively. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's so cool you're talking about these Jesse Moynihan episodes and like this episode and him working on midnight gospel after watching these and talking about them is like, Oh, it makes so much more sense that he, that he's the guy. Yeah. He was also storyboarding on uh summer camp Island. Oh, cool. I don't know that one. I got to check that out. Uh, Have you watched, watched any more of summer camp Island? No. Well, we, we, because we're like almost done with Steven universe. Oh man! I watched a couple episodes of Summer Camp Island without you, Sean. But oh, well. yeah, we're on season six of Steven Universe. We're on the epilogue. Yeah. So, oh, dude, the show is great. Season six is, is the perfect last season of a show. I don't, I don't think I've ever gotten that from any other show. Yeah. Like a perfect epilogue season like that. It's true. It's you, hard, for, hard for me to think of something else like that. I can't wait to to finish it. But I will say, so I love that show, obviously, and I'm, I really want to see how it ends before I like form any of my thoughts. I will say though is that I love that show. We were just we watched like last week, and we watched like second half of the fifth season and the movie and a couple episodes of six. Like obviously love it, but then once we come back to watch Adventure Time, and I'm not talking down to Steven Universe, but Adventure Time is just it just hits different, as they say. You you know like. I was, I don't know, just the vibe of it is like, I'm like, whoa, like there's so much I'm getting from Adventure Time that's different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I appreciate different things about each series. Steven Universe is far more tragic. That just wins me over ultimately. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you think about like, like tragedy and how it works in each of these shows and Adventure Time has a little bit more of a serene just acknowledgement of tragic events. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the characters are definitely affected by these things, but,
but the way that they work through their tragedies and their trauma is i don't know it's it seems like they 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 manage to find peace in like some higher plane that's that seems to like reverberate throughout like a a much more expansive world view like throughout this the show whereas the trauma that's in Steven Universe feels very specific feels very personal like totally tied to the characters uh and and the relationship between specific characters uh and there's not really a way to uh divorce the trauma from the characters whereas you know adventure time is a little bit more general i think there's more sort of like metaphors uh that apply across a wide swath of of themes if that makes any sense makes a lot of sense and i it, it does it's like it's more grounded and it's like i don't know it, it, steven universe is really i mean so much of the show too is ha- coming to terms with your past trauma and your past and these really difficult and like the levity and the gravity and what it like the results and the consequences of past actions and your parents past actions and all all these things yeah, you're right. Like it's and it's like really digging in on what that means and how that informs who you are as a person and your struggles and how you treat others and everything. Like yeah, that's it's a different it's a different deeper thing on that level. Yeah, I feel yeah, I feel like and I feel like Steven, Steven Universe is specific where Adventure Time can be a little bit more general. Um Yeah. And like like right where like Steven Universe might go Deep adventure time goes wide. Yes. Yeah, agreed on that. And it goes deep on a specific kind of almost like they they really picked an issue. I guess they they cover a lot of ground in Steven Universe too, but that specific issues that we're talking about, they really like focus on. I thought. Yeah, and and Steven Universe, I I just think is just so much sadder and more tragic and it is well i'm just drawn to that (laughs) well i would i guess what's interesting about it is is that uh you know ultimately the the show's sort of outlook is optimistic and like steven or at least this is what this is what i'm getting from we haven't finished it so but finished it but a a lot of you know steven's able like the way they attack situations and look for solutions is a bit more optimistic, I think. Yeah, there's so there's, so so it's um, almost like the tragedy or sadness in the show can sometimes get kind of lost if you don't think about it because everyone seems so upbeat, but then you realize that's just their way of dealing with this immense sadness that's like weighing on them. And eventually in the show too, like they're they're like we can't, I can't be this positive anymore. They definitely reach that point a bunch. Of oh times. yeah, it yeah. comes crashing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I I mean, ultimately, both of these shows are just so next level. Yeah, yeah. I I I'm watching a lot of animated television. Like that's I I actually made a list recently of all the animated shows that I've been watching since the pandemic, and I've watched twenty. Wow, (laughs) wow. And some of them are really, really fantastic. Um, but. Nothing really approached it. Well, okay, maybe the Legend of Korra for me approached like 
Adventure Time, Steven Universe level. Oh, dang it. I got to watch it. Uh, I liked it better than Avatar. I did. Whoa. Um, Avatar, it took a while for for it to grow on me. Uh, yeah. A lot of filler episodes early on in the first season. Yeah, for it, sure. It was hard for me to, to grasp on. But Legend of Korra doesn't have any... Uh, filler episodes it's more concise every season is is a its own arc it's like 12 episodes gotcha and there's four different you know specific stories that they Mm. tell Um, okay cool but yeah i'm trying to watch uh a couple shows now and and it's like they're just not on the same level and it's yeah yeah it's tough like i i I started watching uh she-ra princesses of power and it's it's fine, but it it doesn't have that extra spark, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's just so hard. It's just such a high bar. I mean, really, yeah. you know. Uh, close enough. Uh, from JG Quintel just got its second season on HBO Max. We watched a couple episodes of it, uh, but need to see more. Did you finish it the first season? I finished the first season last year. Um, yeah, but I'm uh like halfway through season two now. It's great. It's 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 just regular show for us for millennials <laughs> <Yeah>. currently. <laughs> is it I loved regular show. Is it is it as funny? Is it more grounded? Is it more real? No, it's exactly regular show. <laughs> like like you know how regular show like every every episode starts off with a somewhat mundane problem and then it spirals out of control to supernatural levels and <laughs> and there's some like extra like dimensional threat that comes out of whatever regular ass problem that they had yeah and close enough is just as ridiculous it it's just as weird and supernatural um but they're just human characters i love that i can't gotcha. wait to i can't wait to watch more of it yeah me i too. mean shows, shows like that like obviously they're not operating on the same emotional level as Adventure Time or Steven Universe, but they still feel like left of center. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're not watching something quite mainstream. It's like it's just a little bit more elevated than that, even if it's not as heavy. You know? Yeah, and yeah. I I think what I like about it is is um, I think it gives like levity to maybe some more of mundane problems, and I kind of appreciate that. Like you know you know what I mean like. A lot of times you can think our, we're not living our epic lives because we're just going about our mundane lives. Like we're going through the mundane day-to-day bullshit that we have to do. And it's like, oh, I can't wait till I can do something epic like go on a trip or whatever. And But then you realize that life is just like made up of mundane moments. So when people give more meaning to these mundane moments, um, I, I appreciate that. Um, it might be a bit of a reach when it comes to... Uh, regular show or close enough but i don't know maybe that's why sometimes it affects i i it still feels bigger i don't know it's funny i watched i watched a, a time travel episode of close enough last night oh wow <laughs> how was it was it as confusing as this one or it was there was uh, much to unpack it was a little bit confusing yeah. jason mansukas's character gets in a loop and he winds up with a bunch of extra versions of himself and it's funny how they resolve it. I can't wait. I should say, I should say though, I said this once or twice, but I didn't find this episode of adventure guys really confusing. Like it was, I said before confounding or there were parts where it was laughing, but 
I was able to follow it. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can you can follow the story and what happens. If you want to dig deeper on your second viewing like you did and like we we did on this podcast you could, but I thought they did a really nice job. I think I said that before, but of like the story comes, we follow it, it comes out. It is weird, but yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I w- I wish I could get a little bit more insight into all the influences that went into this particular episode. But it's obvious that there's like a lot under the hood. Yeah. That yeah. you don't need to understand what's going on because, you know, the car's going like 100 miles an hour and you're having fun. But like there's a lot happening. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, for sure. That's a good way to say it. All right, Sean, you're really tired, aren't you? I'm pretty I'm pretty sleepy, you know. <laughs> I get sleepy pretty easy. Let's uh let's you pick know. an episode. All right. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? Yeah, I think we were we were talking about it on the last step, but Sean's been recording records and was we're recording we're recording this after he's been recording a record. Yeah, I was like editing drums. Well, I taught like lot I like taught a lot of uh percussion lessons today and then I edited drums and now that was, now we're here. Which sounds like an uh an eye draining kind of a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Time away from screen is very needed after any editing. Yeah. All right. So we got an updated episode generator from our pal Moctezuma, but I still can't get it to work. And I'm trying. Um, I, th- I think, yeah, it's got, so, there's an update. We're going to, we're going to try to figure it out. I really want to use it because our buddy, our new friend and listener and fan made it and we want to figure it out. But in the meantime, Eric's still going about it the old way, right? Yeah. So so Google tells us to do episode 45, which is season two, episode 19, Mystery Train. Ooh, mystery. <laughs> uh, this episode is fine. I think I remember what it's all about. All right, sweet. Let's do <laughs> Sounds it. good. Sean, you're not going to come back, are you, for a third? Uh, Probably not next week. Okay. But how how wonderful it's been to be on twice in a row. They'll be back soon enough. Yes, indeed. Sweet. Thanks for having cool. me, guys. Yeah, remember, as always, you can if you want to support the podcast, you can go to our site at anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast. Kick us, you know, a nickel a month. <laughs> if more would be cool, but let's just start there. <laughs> and uh rate us on uh on Apple Podcasts, follow us on the socials. Oh yeah, thank you. We appreciate give them a it. follow everywhere, everyone. Thanks, Sean. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. All right, peace out, y'all. See ya. Bye.